Alright, welcome back to, to Rosen Balls. Um, I want to do way too early, way, way too early uh, predictions for next season. Um, and, and just kind of nail down the standings. And we'll do two legs of this. I'll, I'll start with the uh, Eastern Conference. And again, this could be adjusted and we're a ways away from the season. But, you know, this is also good, also good for betting markets, right? For over, under, win totals uh, and things like that. Have a couple of locks on that. Obviously, it's really early, as we all know. Um, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go bottom to top. Um, I, I don't know why I'm gonna do it that way. Uh, it, it just pains me, but it makes it more difficult. So in the East, who's the worst ter- team in the East? Uh, who's gonna be dead last? So the the first thing you got to think of is who's incentivized to tank, or who you know is it gonna happen accidentally, right? So you know the the. Let's just go through some of the um, usual suspects, if you will, or you know some of the teams that really are going to be fighting for for avoiding that that basement uh, position. So you got to start with Orlando. They they were the the, the running champs of uh, basement of the conference. So they got Bancaro. Um Now the question is like and. and Fans always do this. They're like, well, we talk about the magic. They got got by Carroll. They're looking to win. I get that. Tell me who's worse and why. Right? And in that mix for bottom, like, is there a team that could just, like, could the bottom fall out somewhere? Right? Randomly. And and I, I don't have a good argument for anyone but Orlando here. Right? Like, the other teams in contention for the worst record... Uh, are going to be, and again, this depends on, there could be injuries involved, right? Obviously, that, that's a huge factor. But I think you look at Cleveland last year and the fact that they were able to, you know, recreate everything from, from you know, their draft pick with Mobley and their identity tells you that, you know, obviously this is just a prediction and you, you can absolutely get out of the basement, right? But for me, the dreadful teams are, are actually, and there's three, there's, a, there's it's a fight, based on around these three teams. To me, it's between Orlando, Detroit, and I'm actually going to say Charlotte there. Um, and so they're going to be the bottom three here for me. And here's why, right? So Orlando, I still think Cole Anthony is going to start. Okay? And, and you know, I, I mentioned my all-overrated team in the past. Cole Anthony, he puts up numbers. He's immensely inefficient. Now, look. That's one factor. The second factor is Jonathan Isaac. Like, if he plays, Orlando can actually be a surprise to you. Jonathan Isaac can make that kind of difference for the matchup. Right? He could turn them from a 24-win team to, like, a 31-win team. And that gets you out of the basement. Now, do they want to get that? Who knows? But I don't know what's going on with Isaac. Like, I haven't heard anything. He, he's supposed to be getting this crazy contract. He was phenomenal uh, his first two years in the league. Um, was flirting with a defensive player of the year. You know, you look at... Uh, Herb Jones's impact on New Orleans. Jonathan Isaac was doing that. And, and he's got a little bit of his touch, and he's got a little bit of a playmaking game. Uh, so to me, as a result of that, I think he could be really special. And Orlando is completely inept at the wings. They started R.J. Hampton last year, and they had Terrence Ross. They, You know, maybe outside of the Lakers, they had literally the worst shooting guard, um, you know, tandem in the league. Um, now, Ross is still hanging around, and R.J. Hampton, I don't know what to do with him, but if you have Isaac usurping those two, that's a massive 
difference. So that, that's, that's dependent on that. I haven't heard anything from Isaac. The last we heard about him was his whole stance on COVID. Okay, great. Are you playing? I, I can't assume that he is. As a result, th- that hurts Orlando, right? So they're going to they're gonna have to force talent in certain roles, right? If everyone's healthy, first of all, Jalen Suggs needs to play the one on that team. I'm doing a deep dive in Orlando. They're the first team. I don't know if this was smart for me to, to do it this way. Whatever. Too bad. It's content. Um, I would start. I think they need to see what Jalen Suggs is at the one. You drafted a guy that high, right? At the very least, let's see what what uh, what he can do at his normal position, right? So for me, if I'm running the Magic, I, I may call Anthony. This is what I do actually. Actually, I don't know why I thought about this so much, but you know, I'm an NBA guy. Okay, so. Cole Anthony could close for me because you need offense down the stretch. I'm starting Suggs. Now, depending if Isaac's healthy, ideally Suggs, Isaac, Wagner, Bancaro, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, and then off the bench, I'm running Cole Anthony, Terrence Ross, um, OKK, who, who's, who's you know not bad as a nice little three-four prospect, you know, second-round pick, and uh, and Mo Bamba. So nine-man rotation. Okay, but I'm closing with Cole. And probably instead of Wendell Carter Jr. down the stretch, simply because um, of this ability to to close, right? You want to have closers down the stretch, defenses clamp, clamp up. But Isaac's the big factor for me, because then if Isaac doesn't play, I still run the same thing. But now I got to play Ross a lot more. He's not great defensively. And then I got to play, I might have to play Hampton. As the backup to Adewanu, who else am I playing? I won't force the Suggs Anthony um, tandem though, and I think that's where they get into trouble. And if they do that, that hurts. That 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 lineup wasn't good. Now Suggs isn't good as a two, but you're forced to play because he's a high draft pick. It ruins there's a there's a whole negative flow. They haven't learned the lesson for Victor Oladipo. Here's what I mean by that. Victor Oladipo is really a shooting guard. They try him at the one. If you're drafting a guy high, try him at the position he's supposed to be at. Okay? Yes. Occasionally, right? Occasionally, you know, guys work out of position, and, and you know, that, that, that could work, right? But if you're drafting him high, guy top five, top ten, top three in these cases, play him at the position he's supposed to be played. I don't think they do. I think it hurts. I don't think Bancaro's ready yet. I wasn't a fan of the Bancaro pick. I don't think he'll be efficient. The team doesn't make a lot of sense together. Orlando's in the basement. The next team is going to be the Charlotte Hornets for me. 14. Why? A couple things. First of all, the Bridges situation is a huge detriment to them. Now, they started off well, but they didn't end well. Okay, They were closer to that 8, 9, 10 range, and I think a lot of the other teams are going to jump them a little bit. All right? The other issue I have with um, with Charlotte is just their health, right? So so there's a lot of reliance on Ball, as we all know. I don't know what Book Knight's going to be. He, he didn't even show flashes last year, which makes me nervous about him. Um, you know, Oubre isn't working there. The team's in a rut, okay? And this is the thing in the NBA. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes when you're in a relationship, right, and you and it wasn't great, and you leave it, and then, you, you you know, things don't go well for your life. You're like, you know what, maybe I should go back to that relationship that wasn't that good. That's a bad sign. They're going back to Steve Clifford. Now, Clifford's, I think he's a fine coach, 
But, like, that's not the move you do. It wasn't James Barrera. He actually did a good job with that roster, right? And Clifford's a fine coach. That's not the issue. It's just that they lack talent. And without Bridges, that's a huge gap you have to fill, and you didn't do anything to fill it. Um, and look, like, Mark Williams, fine, is a solid pick, but, like, there's a lot missing there. If you, again, let's go through Charlotte's rotation. So, to start, it, it's going to be Ball, uh, probably Ball, Rogier, Hayward, okay, um, P.J. Washington, and, and Mark Williams, and then you have, then your bench is really weak. You have Plumlee, Kelly Oubre Jr., uh, and and probably book night to Ish Smith as rounding out sort of a nine-man rotation there. Here's my concern. Hayward will go down. It's not in a question of if, it's a question of when. And at this stage, I'm sorry, he's, he's a little brittle. If he gives you half a season, you're in trouble. He needs to give you 82 games at what he was a couple years ago. He's not that guy. He's still decent. And I think Sean's making a big mistake, as I mentioned a few pods ago. They needed to do a deal with the Lakers to get Westbrook and just dump these deals and, and get a pick. And, and, and sort of make this a tank year, and they might inadvertently do that, okay? And Ball's good. He's not good enough. It's not his fault. They need a lot more. Losing Bridges hurts. They're at 14. 13, a little bit of a surprise here. It, I surprised myself. I'm doing the Washington Wizards. Uh, these teams that are just trying to tread without any, like, future outlook of even hinting at contention, let alone being a playoff a decent playoff team would be upsetting to me as a fan base of that team. So Washington seemingly is always going after um, these like, you know, eight to 10 seeds. Them in, in Charlotte and even Orlando. There's a lesson to be had here, by the way. Like if you're constantly fighting for eight to 10, maybe you maybe you just blow it up and you're not doing something right. Like you have to build somewhere where you're eventually going to be like uh, fighting for a second round and then beyond that. Okay. So Washington, I, I thought they had the issue with Bradley Beal, right? Like, I, I never thought they needed to sign him to that max extension. He's eventually going to be untradeable. This will be a bad contract in two years. Mark my words. Uh, he's a small two guard. I, get, I guess I get that he puts up numbers. I get it. The team was no better with him versus without him last year. It's a bad sign. Okay? Now, again, if you're asking me, could it work? Yes. If the Wizards made Beal a point guard, why am I asking that? Because his size won't be such a detriment to him. If he's a point guard, Johnny Davis plays opposite of him. There's something there, but they hadn't hit on any of the more recent draft picks, right? So Rui Huchimera looked promising, showed a few flashes. It never evolved. Okay. Uh, Denny Avagia, Israeli. Yay. He's supposed to be this crazy athlete. Again, never really developed to the guy. And now like, is he going to be in the league in a couple of years? It's actually a, a, a fair question. Christos Porzingis. Uh, you talk about uh, second or third or fourth licks. I mean, this guy's like a tootsie roll pop. You know, uh, I think he's got plenty of chances. He he should flame a little bit, and he's also injury prone, right? Um, so, and then they did the Will Barton, and they got those guys who, who were nice little offensive guys, but I don't think they really meshed on the team. I think KCP was actually better for them. So I, I don't like, I think it's a mess. I think they, they you know, uh, Ted Leotis lets the GMs um, last two to three years longer than they should. Um their coaches did a phenomenal job, right? Uh, but there's just not a lot of... For me, it's not even about talent. It's about fit across the board here. Um, there's not even a rotation where it makes it work. I think they're going to force certain things. Like, I don't know if they're going to play Beal at point. Do they force Morale Neto in that role? That's not good. But if it's Beal Davis, I guess, 
um, you know, hope a three does something, Corey Kispert or, or again, Denny Avadja, and then, um, you know, or Will Barton, rather, in that role, right? Will Barton could be there. It reminds me when they got Josh Howard back in the day, like, like 10 years ago. It was like, you're getting him after, like, the team acknowledge it's not working. I'd be concerned. So 12, so we did 15, Orlando, 14, Charlotte, 13, Washington. We're at 12. So 12 officially means you're sniffing a plan. You're in the range for a plan. So this is interesting, right? Who's in the range? Number 12 is where I have the Detroit Pistons. So Detroit will consider this a decent year, right? This is a win for Detroit. They were the worst team in the league last year. I mean, like, I don't, I don't even care what the record was. If you watch them play and you watch the spacing, that was the worst shooting in the league. They led the league in three-point attempts, I think, right, that were wide open. I think 30, like, um, they were, they led the league in wide open three. So threes where there's not even a, a defender within, like, three feet of you, okay? And that's because the defense was letting them have those threes. Their best shooter is Kelly Olenek. He's not going to be in the rotation, right? My issue with Detroit, not great. Let's look at the positives for a second. I'm going to spin a little bit. Great. You got Ivy in the draft. That's great, right? Cade. I don't mind the grant deal. It led to Ivy. and It led to an extra pick. My issue is too many centers on this team, right? So they still needed spacing. Spacing was the weakness. They didn't solve that. I don't mind trading for a pick. I mind using it on Duran when you know you're resigning Marvin Bagley. Like, why is that okay? So Marvin Bagley and Cade performed a nice little pick and roll tandem. I, I, I don't like when, when GMs make moves that are double downing on on their mistakes. They kind of want to prove that they got this gem, right? So so I get the suspicion that Troy Weaver really likes uh, Bagley and wants to prove it out. So fine. So him and uh, Bagley and Cade were a good pick and roll. That was what Bagley's at the five. But you just got Duran and you have Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart. Someone's playing the four here. So by what they're going to run, which I don't love, is it's, their lineup is going to be Ivy, Cade, say, um, Badik, right? And uh, Duran and Bagley as the 5-4 tandem, right? Or Stewart. All right. This could have easily worked way better if they just drafted A.J. Griffin instead of Duran with that selection. Then the fit is perfect. Now, look, off the bench, you're going to have Alec Burks, who's actually quite important to this team now. They need spacing. Um, I think that's pretty weak, right? You got, you know, I don't know, Killian Hayes, I, I don't know uh, if he's going to stay long-term, but you have Hayes, you have Diallo, and I like these guys, but not on this roster, given the lack of spacing. Uh, Cade, if he's healthy, is enough to get you the 12th seed. He's going to improve. He's going to have a decent year. But again, it's the shooting. And, and, you know, I don't know what you do with that. Detroit's 12. Now we get into some tricky territory um, at 11. Okay? Tricky. Tricky territory. Pretty, pretty tricky. Right? Um, at 11, I'm going to have the uh, Indiana Pacers. Now, you might think the Pacers should be worse, and, and I am surprising myself for picking them this high. Um, I believe in Carlisle. Uh, I think Halliburton... Um, you know, they're building on something. They're a young team, and they're actually building a core, and they make sense. So they're going to be rolling with, let's just look through their lineup. Halliburton healed Chris Duarte. 
Between that one, two, three, I think that's really interesting to me. Great spacing. I think Duarte can have a decent year. I think Halliburton can have a breakout year. Okay? He may flirt with an all-star selection. He put up great numbers post the trade. He's an efficient guy. Jalen Smith at the four. Now they're a believer of him. He's a good pick-and-pop big. And again, I don't love this trend of every NBA team now going back to two bigs. I get it. The old heads love it. That's what happened in the 90s. People did it because Boston did it. Boston only did it because they had flexibility at the four. And I'd argue they shouldn't have even done it. Granted, they made the finals. But just because Boston did it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Gold State didn't really do it. Okay? And in most of their units, yeah, maybe they did. Draymond Green. But, like, I don't think... I think teams will be better off not doing it. Okay? And I think it's a lazy approach by teams uh, to compensate for a lack of talent. Okay? That's uh, that's what that is, right? So, um, they have the they have Matherin, right? So I forgot. Sorry, I forgot about Matherin. So Halliburton and Matherin Duart is really their one, two, three. Great shooters. Someone's going to be good in that trio, all right? Halliburton already is, but between Duart and um, Matherin, Matherin I think is in a good a good fit in that in that lineup, right? And then Buddy Heald is the backup to those three. Great. Um, and then a lot of them can play make a little bit, so you don't necessarily need such a strong backup point guard. It's a good fit all around. It works. It works for me. Um, and then Jalen Smith, again, do I love it? No, I'd prefer him at the five. But you have Mouse Turner there. You have five guys in the unit that can shoot. Just realize that. That's pretty interesting to me, Right? Uh, the bench isn't great. Off the bench, you know, they lost T.J. Warren. Obviously, we all knew he was going to leave. That's fine. But O'Shea Brissett, a little relying on him. Um, you know, Buddy. And they could probably use a little more death. So they definitely depend on health. But I, I trust Carlisle. I think it'll be a fun team. Them in Detroit could either be 11 or 12. I, I think they're going to fight for that, um, those positionings. But Indiana gets it to me because of better spacing. Now we go to 10. Who have we not said yet, right? And now the question becomes, right, like, we're getting to 10 here. So, um, uh, I'm just going to clean the downstairs. Philadelphia. 10 to me is going to be the New York Knicks. Uh, inevitably, yeah, it's, it's New York. Um, and look, obviously, a huge caveat here is what happens with Donovan Mitchell and all of that. I assume the Knicks, we, we, we did this at Nassim. They have a fork in the road, which to me is, um, like, are they looking to rebuild? Are they looking to build on something? So it's actually going to be rare that they actually do fall in 10, because to me, either they go all the way down to 13 to 15 range, or they go for a, a six to eight range, but I, I don't know, right? Um, they might have a firing. I don't know right now. So there's too many things to predict that I can't predict anything in terms of what's going to happen with them. But assuming this is their roster with Brunson in there, they're ten. Um, to me, that just makes sense. They were like twelve-ish range. Now, if they're healthy, yet, they, they add a little talent. That's the range for them. Um, obviously, the trades and the whole could, could change everything here. So they're the, they're actually the toughest team to make any prediction on, do that. They're at 10. Number nine. This is going to sound like uh, 
a, a big blow for this team. The Chicago Bulls, it's a decent drop. Now, my issue with the Bulls is, they end again, it's, it's how they ended the season. They didn't end it well. They're already flirting with Vucevic trade talks. Um, AO was really solid for them. You know, Caruso was good when healthy. So if they're healthy, obviously that changes it. But, like, I still think it's a weird mishmash. And I don't like how they ended the playoffs. So I'm going to have them at, at, at nine. Um, obviously, there's a lot of range here between three and nine a bit. But they're at nine for me for that reason. Okay. Now going to eight. This is where, uh, you know, things get uh, pretty interesting. <sighs> for me, eight, <clears throat> I think it's Cleveland. Now, I would have liked to have them higher. Honestly, I, I really would have. But I, I can't, I just can't in good conscience uh, make the case for it. I think... You know they got to figure out the Sexton thing. That that that's a big, um, you know, open, open-ended notion, right? We have no idea what's going to happen with that. Assuming he's there, and assuming he's kind of the sixth man, which I I kind of figure. You know, JB Bickerstaff's done a great job there. Um, their defense is only going to get better. I see really good things from Mobley still, and yeah, um, you know. To me, that's uh, that's honestly it. That's enough for me, right? I don't know. I don't really see uh, anything else. So, I, I I think they'll mature a little bit. They're going to go through the same kind of flow they did last year, right? They started a little well. There's a lot of yo-yoing going on. A lot of it's going to depend on injuries and stuff. But I assume Allen's going to be healthier than he was last year. Mobley's going to improve. I like the eighth seed for them. I, I can see why people like them higher, but but I like other teams um, more. Sue me. Um, now we're getting into, you know, fairly intriguing territory, right? Um, and now we're in the one through seven. Now these teams are solidified into the playoffs, right? Um, so the question is going to be, like, who am I overrating maybe or what, what have you, right? That's what the fans are going to say. Um that's going to be there at seven. I got to put a little thought into this. I'm doing this um, kind of off the cuff. So, seven is interesting, right? Seven's tough. Seven is tough. I'm going to make a crazy call here. Um, and I'm going to say the Miami Heat. And I, I think the Heat are going to fall a bit uh, from grace. And here's why. I think they're getting older. I, I don't think they really improved their team much. They lost Tucker. Um, and I like other teams more. Um, I, I just think they're going to kind of settle in and they're going to have a blow up at the end of the season. I mean, in, in next off season, right? I think Butler's getting old. Um, they did, they, they had no firepower, right? And I don't think Hero's that guy. Um, and if you look at that lineup, Lowry is, is toast right now. I, I think he's done, right? So I don't think Lowry's going to last the season. 
Um, Oladipo is also very injury prone. And you start going through the team, just talent-wise, they're not there. Now, obviously, you know, they're, they're resilient, but and I think there's also going to be a few games separating these teams. So that's the caveat I'll say, right? Like, like these teams could go a lot of different directions. But, but yeah, for now, I am not um, the biggest fan. So, yeah, I have them uh, seven. Six? Yep, six is six is a toughie, right? So just to, to kind of recap who's left. We got six teams left. Um, we got Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, Toronto, Brooklyn. And I am Atlanta, right? Those are the six teams left. So I'm going to say Atlanta six. Um, DeJounte Murray, great addition. They lost a lot of assets to do so. I don't think they're going to be happy with this. Again, we talked about this before. They did all those trades because of where they finished a few years ago. It's kind of what the Knicks have done. A few years ago, like with that funky COVID year, right? They need to realize, listen, that's a funky year. So I don't know if they've realized that or not. But, yeah, it's... uh, it's a concern. And look. Um, we'll see we'll see how they how they deal with that, but um, yeah, they have a lot of extreme players on the team. They have guys that are either like horrific defenders like Collins, Bogey, and Young, or amazing defenders like Murray, Akungo, Capella. And they don't do they don't do the other thing. Make it besides Murray a little bit, right? Um, so I don't like, again, how they finished last year, which I based a lot of this off. I don't think the Murray, Murray move was good. It was too much. Trey Young's the guy they got to move at the end of the day. And until they do that, they're going to be stuck in this low first-round rut. And that's where they're at. That's six. Five. Now we're, now we're in this top five territory here. Um, and five... I'm going to do this in reverse, one through five here, right? So this is where we get tough, right? Again, the team's remaining. Um, I'm going to say it's it's going to be Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Toronto are going to be your final five. Okay. So Toronto, I, I wanted to, to have Toronto be better. I did. And again, Toronto could do better depending on what happens to Brooklyn. Brooklyn could be a train wreck. We don't know. If KD doesn't start, maybe they're out of the playoffs. Like, who knows with Brooklyn? So they're a huge, um, massive question mark here. You know, I remember these times in the East where, like, it was, you really didn't know. You know? Um, you know? Like, honestly, like, you didn't know. Um, who was going to make the playoffs. Like, they were so bad. And now it's the opposite. This is quite refreshing, right? Like, all these teams are pretty good. Even the ones that aren't making it. Like, they didn't make it in the West. So, yeah. It's, um... <clears throat> definitely quite interesting. 
All right. So yeah, for me, that that's you know one big thing. Um, the, the the East is really better. So I'm gonna say. Toronto 5, I would have liked them better. I think they're going to have a good year. I think they're going to be flirting with the 1-2-3. Sackham's going to make the all-star team. They played great the second half. Right? I really want... You know what? Fuck it. Uh, Brooklyn's 5. Fuck it. Brooklyn 5, Toronto 4. Yeah. Brooklyn's 5. I expect they're just going to be fiasco, and they'll just dwindle the way in the playoffs. Right? And they can fall to 6 between Atlanta. They usually coast in the regular season. But Kyrie's motivated. You know, he wants to get that max deal with the Lakers. But who the F knows? Who the fuck knows what's going to happen with these guys? I have no idea. Like, is Durant staying? Is he leaving? I'm assuming he's going to stay. They're going to play hardball. And um, they'll make the second round, and, and it'll be a fun series. And then, you know, they may get traded again. Who knows? But for now, they're five. Toronto, four. I love the way Toronto finished the season. Right? Um... You know what? No. Philadelphia 4. Toronto keeps moving up. Philadelphia is going to be 4 for me. Yeah, they're 4. The reason why they're 4. Alright. Uh, what's the reason? Okay. One second. One second. The reason why they're 4. For me, is um, you know injuries. I, I, I look. I, everyone is loving Philadelphia for no apparent reason. The end of the year really shittily. Like, why do we think they're going to be that much better? I got. I guess they got Tucker. I get it. You know, Max is going to be a little bit better. But I, you know what? I'm not a believer that much. And Bede will get hurt even if he doesn't. <clears throat> I don't. Him and Harden haven't shown enough for me. I mean, they. They got smoked in that second round series with the Heat, right? So no, they're not. They're not jumping up. Three Miami. Whoa, Miami. Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Not Miami. What am I saying? Three Toronto. I love the way the end of the year. Um. You know what? I'm flipping it even more. Three Boston. Yeah, that's right. Celtics might have a little bit of a hangover coming from the finals. Uh, Brogdon's going to have to get acclimated. Um, and, you know, they're not going to go through those streaks like they did last year where they went through that crazy streak. I think they're going to pace themselves a little bit. They'll probably be one or two for most of the year. They're going to go through a drag, um, and they're going to try to pace well to ensure that they're ready for the playoffs, right? Um, that's my take on Boston. I love the Celtics, obviously. Do I think they can win the finals? Yes. Um, do I think they would have won if Middleton was healthy? No. To Toronto. They just ended the year way too well. Now, they didn't show well in the playoffs. But that lineup that they have. Okay, just, let's just go through it for a second. Fred Van Fleet. Um, OG Nanobi. Scotty Barnes. Right? Um, and they... They added Otto Porter Jr., which I think is huge. And now they're going to throw Siakam at the five. Uh, and then they got Gary Trent in there, too. Nice little solid six-man group thing. Banton, the second-round pick last year, not a bad backup point guard. Um, and then Kem Birch, right? Backup five. 
So I love that that starting unit there. I'm actually I messed up. Van Fleet, Trent Jr., Ananobi, Barnes, and Siakam. That's how you do it. Like they're not going. Yes, are they technically two bigs? Yeah, but Siakam is not the type of five that other teams have. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. He'll make an All NBA team. Play him in DFS. Play the overs. Play it all. Toronto's my sleeper team in the East, and they could go deep. They could go deep, right? They, they might go to the finals. I don't know. I'm really loving Toronto. Am I overrating them? Absolutely. Probably. Probably. Who knows? But, yeah, I, I really, I've really liked what I've seen uh, in the second half of the year. I, I just – that and, and the unit specifically. And they know what they're doing. Uh, and Scotty Barnes has a chance to really emerge there. And no one else is getting worse on that team. So, yeah, Toronto's two. Milwaukee's one, Okay. I think Milwaukee should be out for some blood here, right? They didn't have a seventh game at home against Boston. They realized the importance of the regular season, right? Now, last year, they were the three seed, right? So they, you know, so they're on the road in Boston. I don't think, I don't think they make that mistake again. I don't. I think it's going to matter too much. I think Giannis, you know, um, could smell a, another title. He's only improving. Um, if Middleton's healthy, that you know he was hurt last year, and then Joe Inglis is a huge pickup. Absolutely, just you know, an enormous pickup. What the hell? What am I doing, dude? Going on Hamilton Avenue. One second. Anyway, that we're gonna. Where the hell am I? So yeah, that's uh. Oop. Jesus, that is a wrap. <laughs> 